Hello and welcome back to the Schooner Pod. I'm Bobby Howard. With me today, we've got Jameson Maxwell and Ty Lee. And we are back for the final episode of Bye Bye Big 12. Uh, it is Big 12 Media Day. And a, uh, so pretty fitting way to uh, really say goodbye. And what better team to end it on? What better day to start it with than uh, the Oklahoma State Cowboys? Uh, that's right, folks. We are saying bye bye to Bedlam. Um, something that uh, has definitely been a topic on Twitter. We did not plan this out like um, months ago, like that Mike Gundy would be talking about it again. But uh, like he said, <laughs> Bedlam is ending Oklahoma State. No interest in renewing the rivalry after OU leaves the SEC. So for the foreseeable future, this is this. So um, let's just start this off with a uh, simple question, Jameson. What do you think of what do you think of Bedlam? Yeah, um, we've kind of talked about how special it is being in Oklahoma and with Bedlam because we understand, you know, Texas is our biggest rival. But what I think about with Bedlam is I think about growing up as a kid on the playground and you probably have about, you know, 80% OU fans, but you always have those scrappy 20% Oklahoma State fans. And that week that you get back from school after the Bedlam week, just that feeling of either complete demise when it, like the other team beats you or you could just rub it in that team's face. In-state rivals is just such a special thing, and it's something I'm going to really miss. Ty, I'll kick it to you next for this, but I want to say, Jameson, like, we grew up at a very interesting time with Bedlam because we were like almost like too young to really remember 2000. Mm-hmm. Like we, Our first year of really getting into OU football and really knowing about OU football was 2001 when OSU yep. won that absolute upset and then 2002 they won back to back so it was a pretty torturous time as an OU fan with Bedlam to start out because we didn't have this high we weren't riding high off the title because we don't remember it because we're five and four uh Mm. like age-wise and you're getting into the sport and all these OSU fans think they're hot shit so th- yeah. that was a little tough time, a little bit of a tough time. Yeah, and I feel like you don't really get like a like a strong opinion of your team until you're like in second grade and you're like seven or eight years old. So we are a little bit shielded from that, but still, um, the not the best start of our childhood. But it's it's something I'm surely going to miss. Even the losses, the school days after the losses, I'll miss feelings like that. As a kid, I remember being traumatized by the stoops. We did it again. Shirts as heartbroken <laughs> as a fan of both Britney Spears and the OU Sooners. Devastated, <laughs> absolutely devastated. Ty, uh, you're what, what? What when you think of Bedlam? What do you think of? Yeah, I didn't have that same uh, experience necessarily growing up. Uh, just being outside of Oklahoma. But I think that when I think about Bedlam, I think about just in-person stuff, even just the, I think, comparative to what a lot of people have been, just the handful of times I've been to the game in in Stillwater. You know, I just think of great, that great Oklahoma fall when it's at the right time of year. And then just how it, it's such a, a magical game. I've been a big proponent of, of Bedlam should just be played only in Stillwater because it's uh, so much better there, not trying to slander the OU atmosphere experience. But I think of just the games in Stillwater and the atmosphere, getting there early, getting some, some uh, you know, Eskimo Joes and, and everything else. It's, that's what I think of, and uh, that will certainly, certainly be missed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ty, you're 100% right. Bedlam isn't really Bedlam unless it's in Stillwater. And no, no shade, no shade to OU. I love, love OU, love the game days. But when it's a, when, when OU, when it's 
Bedlam doesn't exist in, in Norman. Oklahoma versus Oklahoma State exists in Norman. It's it's OU versus OSU. But in Stillwater, it's Bedlam. It's different. It is like it is their OU Texas, their Super Bowl. It is enormous for them. And that is you, I was just gonna say that's so beautifully accurate and also just perfectly demeaning to OSU fans. It's it's perfect. I mean, it's still it's still true, and like, and the thing is, like, OU fans, yeah, it's our second biggest rival, but just for me, you know, going to an OU game in Norman, yeah, it feels a little bit of a different game than your ordinary conference play, but going to an OU OSU game in Stillwater, I have that same hit in my stomach feeling, kind of with the Texas game, even in the games we are highly favored, and even in the games we weren't. No, because you know you're in a hostile environment, and not a lot of OSU fans have any kind of positive things to say about Oklahoma. And obviously, within like you know the recency, uh, Baker Mayfield was one of the most hated people in all of you know Stillwater, and the things that they did during you know his time there, and all of the close games we've had there. It has not been a friendly atmosphere or like, you know, a camaraderie rivalry where you respect both sides. It has been absolutely, you know, people going at each other's throat. And it's like, not like that at all in Norman, I feel like. And, you know, I don't no. think OU mm-hmm. fans chirp like that. It's, it's, it's a different vibe. And we've, I mean, we've seen some massive, massive games, uh, Bedlam games. And it's just like in Stillwater, it always goes down in Stillwater. It feels like, and it just, um, it's different. I, it's and it's special too. Um, and there's, I, I love OU Texas beating Texas. Nothing beats beats that game in, in Red River, but there's something special about beating Oklahoma State in Stillwater. Just especially especially when they when they're hyped when when it's for a Big Twelve championship or like something like that's on the line, and they just kind of break a little bit, you know, because they have this. They come in with all this optimism. And then it just, you, you see, like, by the end of it, they walk out and they kind of, it's not like they're they're devastated because they, this has happened a lot. This is one of the most lopsided series in college football where they just kind of go right back to normal. They're just fine. You know, they're like, well, I guess it's wrestling or basketball season. Um, and I, I just, I it, it's an utter, utter thrill. It's just a joy silencing Boone Pickens. It's, it's the best. And, and, like, the games itself are fun, but also just, like, the aftermath. Like, I will always say with, like, going into enemy territory, and both of y'all know this as well, like, some of the best times with going to away games is not the game beforehand. It's not during it. It's the walk out afterwards, whether you have lost or you have won. Bobby and I, whenever we went to Stillwater last, the walk out it was the Caleb Williams game, and we had to really calm ourselves because we had a <laughs> lot of emotion. I had to really talk Bobby down a lot. Yeah, you did. But you did. And the other side of thing, whenever you come out of enemy territory victorious, twenty thirteen. Um, you know exactly. Um, that is a game like where you feel on top of the world, and you can kind of chirp a little bit now. And Oklahoma State fans will respond, but obviously you'll have the last laugh. It's the best. Ty, yours was uh, – you went to the 2019 game, right? Uh, yeah, that was, I think, one of the ones I went to. Yep. Yeah, that sounds was, right. Yep. Yeah. What, what's your experience going to the game? What, like, like, what was your favorite moment from uh, from a Bedlam game in Stillwater? God, I, so, I mean, not necessarily unique to Bedlam, but just that game specifically, uh, a friend of ours 
and I sat right in front of the band was where our student section and tickets were. So we sat by the band director and, and we were getting to pick songs uh, at one point, which was fun and just sort of chatting with, with the band members and everything else. And, and that sort of camaraderie, almost like the camaraderie you would feel, I, I suppose. And this is taking it, this is a bit of hyperbole, but the, the camaraderie you feel when you're at, you know, you're on vacation in, in Florida and you meet someone else that's at the beach and they have an OU flag or, or you know, you're, you're in Europe and you meet another American or, or something right. like that. You, you have that sort of, it, it's different when you're, when you're outside of your normal area, you know, and it just has that different atmosphere of like meeting with other people who you have that connection with, uh, not even just with the band specifically, but just that environment. Like you talk about just a really hostile environment where they're, it's a pretty small stadium, not trying to make fun of them, but it is a pretty small stadium. So naturally the allocation for OU fans is also very, very small. Um, so it's, I think, I think of that atmosphere. And then again, just the atmosphere in Stillwater, you know, the, the hostility, but also the passion that's in it. Like you can just feel it in the air and it, it feels different there. And uh, that is, I think probably my favorite. It's not one specific thing, but we're talking about going to games in Stillwater. That is certainly my favorite memory. Yeah. It's, it's an energy that you don't get anywhere else, really. Like, you get it in some big games when you go on the road, but, like, Stillwater I, it consistently does it the most. And it's, on, it's only like that for Bedlam. It's not like – I've been to a couple other games in, Still, in Stillwater, and it's never that same energy. You don't feel it uh, like you do for, for a Bedlam game. But mm -hmm. – um, Let's Bobby. I, let, let me let me let me tell my favorite story Absolutely. being in Stillwater because I feel like I've told this many times in the pod, but just obviously this is a perfect time to tell it again. Um, that I've, we'll probably talk about this game so much more for the rest of the pod because it's probably one of our favorite um, Bedlam memories. It's the 2017 Stillwater. I understand that we had our time in high school whenever we had the miracle win with Blake Bell. That was great. 2013. I think right. 2017. I have this special memory because me and one of my buddies from college, we decided we were going to sit in the student section of <laughs> Oklahoma state. And it was just us two. And you know, like, you know what? I got a buddy. We're totally good. But 2017, that was a hostile year. That was right after, you know, the Baker Mayfield running away from the police. They had every single student in the Oklahoma state section had the, like the mug shot cut out and they're holding it up. Like it was some kind of basketball game, but on a large scale. And I had realized at, before the game even started, I don't think my friend was going to make it much for the game, and I lost him. <laughs> and I was like, well, I got, I can't go to another seat. I got to sit here and watch. And I watched that game by myself in the Oklahoma State student section, and that was one of the most wild games back and forth, the just roller coaster, the, you know, the coming out party of Marquise Brown. is. No one talks about that as much. Everyone will talk about the Baker Mayfield versus Mason Rudolph. That's where Hollywood really made his name in um, – absolute wild game talk about hostile being in the student section local state by myself not knowing anyone else around me just being that that will test your care oh yeah no that that is a stressful environment to say the least and i i've never I, i've sat with oklahoma state people in in situations and you know we, we we both have but being in the student section as a student at that time like whoo that's that had to have been tough. Like you said, I don't know how I made it out safe. Really, to be completely honest with you, uh, it's honestly it was extremely lucky. I, I'm guessing I just had nice enough people around me. 
Yeah, well, and it was an absolute roller coaster of a game too, because it started with that um, that fumble that got reversed, and it was just that that game was 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 a was a nail grinder. It was it was not a triumphant OU victory, but like it was it was an absolute dogfight, a rock fight. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was definitely the Holly, Hollywood Brown game for sure. He went the hell off, and like uh, in our YouTube chat, uh, 1982. <laughs> The, the Gus Johnson, who is this kid <laughs> from Hollywood Brown? That was a, that's just a great moment. And, and it was kind of Baker Mayfield's Heisman moment, too. Just mm-hmm. uh, absolutely showing out in his last game, uh, last bad love game in Stillwater. Un- unreal stuff. Um, if I had to go with my favorite moment, it's escaping in 13. You know, yeah. just close second. For it me. made no sense. You know, the best bedlams are when Oklahoma State are is better than OU. It's whenever they have everything riding for them. And they're like, this is different. We're on top. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma's not that good. This is our chance. Let's do it. And then they fumble the bag. It happens almost every single, almost, almost every single time they get to this moment where they have it. They had a Big 12 championship right there. And they let, they, they let Trevor Knight, Three different quarterbacks, Three different right? Quarterbacks. <laughs> Trevor Knight, uh, K- uh, well, not, uh, not Casey uh, Thompson. Uh, Kendall. Blanking. Yeah, Kendall Thompson, who got pulled. Um, Trevor Knight got like hurt. One drive. <laughs> it was just one drive. And, and I think Blake, it was like 0 for 1 or like 0 for 2. We were so excited to see him come out there too. And, <laughs> and then Blake Bell, who somehow, somehow miraculously rallies this team down and gets a win. It was unbelievable and the moment of the moment where it, it's fully over where eric striker runs out there and he almost gets he almost the, the sequence of events where he almost gets tripped by the male cheerleader <laughs> and then gets pelted with turkey legs and whatever in front of the student section the team goes over talks all that mess it was senior night it was cold it was just that's one of my favorite ou wins ever um, anytime you get the rare opportunity for OU to be an underdog and they figure it out, it's the best. So that that's my yeah. favorite. Go ahead, Ty. You got it. I no, I think I, I didn't get to go to that one, but I think that's my favorite Bedlam game that I can remember in terms of the game because all the pieces are there. It's it's in still water, so you have the atmosphere, you have the rare OU's the underdog uh, situation going in there, and then you have the down to the absolute wire just unlikely heroics uh to get there and and get the win at least from the ou perspective like you couldn't script a better um situation for not situation you couldn't script a better script for for that ou team to come out on the top like that that year so it's uh super super cool yeah quarterback by committee i remember that uh that line like all the announcers using that uh that line on ou that year but yeah it was I mean, that's probably, I think, my favorite Bedlam game to to go back and if you're going to go back and rewatch one for sure. Yeah, because mm-hmm. OU had, like, uh, agreed. And OU has, like, had, like, no idea who their quarterback was. Meanwhile, Oklahoma State just came off, like, just thrashing a very good Baylor team that mm-hmm. was en route to a national championship type of run. And, like, just, like, the very next game was OU. Like, they, OSU had game day. They were on a different level. Some little kid behind us was talking about Clint Shelf being a Heisman dark horse. 
which wasn't <laughs> that wasn't real, but it was still hilarious. <laughs> the, uh, the best part is like all the people around him were like, "Wow, you are so smart!" And Bobby and I were like, "I'm going to unleash the world of a thousand. Like I was like wanting to like go oh, hold okay. Dennis Reynolds on this. <laughs> <laughs> I will unleash the fear, unleash the fury of a thousand suns. <laughs> it was oh man, what a game, what a game that was, but. Um, yeah, let's let's kind of go through some of these games because we talked about some of our favorite mm-hmm. moments. But uh, overall, like I mentioned, very lopsided series. So like before the Big 12 even started, it was uh, 72, 12 and 7. That is ridiculous. OU, the, OU went 44, 3 and 1 between 1946 and 1994. They in Big 12 play. They're 19 and 7. So good on OSU for narrowing the gap. And overall, the series stands at 91, 19, and 7. So unprecedented dominance. It's it's a different level. But I got to say, like, whenever OSU does get that win, it's like the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, what about, um, so they beat us. Um, a couple of those wins had to be during their national championship run, right, in the 40s? <laughs> oh, shit. <sure. laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're stolen Valor Nat, Natty in 1945. Yeah. Bob Frenier, whatever. Yeah. I, I'm pretty oh, sure. Let's pull it up. 1945, they won in Norman 47 to zero. Ooh, yeah, that's bad. That sounds like a national champion to me. Well, <laughs> oh, Jesus. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do this. So, yeah, one of those wins was was that. Uh, but no, they've, 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 been, they've been infamously. Uh, Snake bit, and even their best teams, Barry Sanders, never beat OU. Uh, I don't think they ever beat Switzer, in fact, actually. I, I could be wrong on that. But, um, yeah, infamously just not, like, e- even when they were at their top, couldn't do it. Um, but let's talk about, let's talk about um, some of the be- some of the mo- most impactful games of um, this series. So let, let's start out with that, too. Before we start out, um, they did beat Switzer in 76. Okay. There you go. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Um so let's start this out. So I think the start of what Bedlam really became like an interesting series, because before it was just, oh, you beat them, oh, you beat them. It wasn't really a thing outside of the state. But I think the moment that changed everything was 2001. Um, and this is, I'm, 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 I'm going to say this. This is the worst loss in Oklahoma football history, I think. I think it's the most inexcusable loss in OU history. That's oh, something. Well, let me. I'll, I'll, I'm sorry for just kind of going full ISO ball on this, but let me let me no, break it down. Do it. Let me yeah, break it down. Here's how bad this loss is. So, OSU fans, if you've been suffering through this and you want to hear something that'll like warm your spirits, make you feel better, um, let me regale you in how good, how insane that 2001 uh, upset was. OSU was three and seven. This is the last game of the year. OU is. Let's see. OU's uh, 10 and 1, ranked third in the BCS. Number one, Nebraska had just lost a day before Colorado. So it knocked out the only team to beat OU out of the Big 12 championship. OU would have had would have just had to play Colorado. Uh, OU had the South Division tiebreaker over Texas, who was ranked six. So all they had to do was beat three and seven Oklahoma State in Norman and then beat Colorado, and they're in the national title against Miami. Oklahoma State, three and seven, their wins, Louisiana Tech. Northwestern State and Baylor. La Tech, whack team. Uh, Northwestern State is in 1AA at the time. You got the, was 0-8. The, the directional school plus state school modifier, like just 
based on statistics of naming, should be one of the worst teams in existence. Absolutely. <laughs> just just the times multiplier. So this this crappy 3-7 and seven team that beat a WAC team, a 1AA team, and a team that didn't win any other games in Big 12. They go into Norman, beats OU, 16-13 to 13 on a last-minute touchdown to Rashawn Woods. Game completely sparks the Oklahoma State program from there, leading to a mass investment in the program from one T. Boone Pickens and leads the rise of their head coach, Les Miles, who became a college football coaching power. So not only did you lose a chance at what you were going to lose anyways to Miami, that Miami team wasn't losing to anyone, but you lost a chance at a national title and then sparked one of your, like, in-state rivals into becoming a really solid program. That is the worst loss in OU history by far. By far. Mm -hmm. nah. <laughs> I mean, we've mean? had, we've, we, yeah, we, the, anytime where you have a game where you lose a direct chance at a national championship, that obviously I, I'm, I'm listening to you here, Bobby. I completely agree with that. Um, we've had some embarrassing losses and that's right up there. Um, anytime, you know, it's how you say three wins. They were three and seven. That, that's just honestly inexcusable. And I'm looking at kind of like the uh, recap of it and seeing the freshman Josh Fields lead them to a, to a victory. I think I'm pretty sure I had some like McDonald's uh, bobblehead back when I was a kid. They did an OU OSU bobblehead and I had a Josh Fields bobblehead. And I guarantee you it's just because of that game gave him his clout. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I swear to God, I remember running into you at that game, actually, like back in the old St. Mary's days. I have mm -hmm. very, very distinct memory of that. But Ty, what do you think? Bad loss? You, you shook your head and was like, mm, I don't think so. But I, in terms of regular I mean, like losses, worst loss in OU history has got to be when we fumbled the national championship to a team who had a tight end at quarterback the worst coach in NFL history coaching them. And then a guy who did some things. We're not going to say what he did. We're not going to say why he maybe possibly did them, but a guy who did some things and is no longer with us on that team as well. And then also Cam Newton, but didn't play on that team. Uh, that would be the worst loss to me uh, in OU history, because there's just no reason we should lose uh, in that situation. But, Losing a direct natty sucks. And I, I should have rephrased worst regular season by far. Because anytime you actually lose a national title or a playoff game, automatically ahead of it. Um, but yeah, bad times. And then amplified the next year in 2002 where Les Miles at OSU at two Pete. And once again, knocked out a uh, Oklahoma team. They're ranked third, knocked them out of the national title contention, but they wouldn't have gotten in because uh, Miami and Ohio State were undefeated. So that stings a little less, but them winning back to back, uh, that sucked. Um, not fun. They felt like they were in control two straight years of it. And when you're a kid, like years feel like they're forever. So like mm -hmm. two years felt like eternity, Jameson awful yeah yeah but luckily we kind of really got on our the, like the right side of things after those those games and went on ourselves a little um run i feel like i was trying to like look and say like what kind of core memory do i have of the uh from 2003 to whenever i guess 2010 and that little run that we had i remember in in stillwater the 2006 game with cj ayu 
and we almost got upset again there. Um, ended up only winning that game 27-21. We've had some tough, you know, close games with um, the Pokes, but even during that kind of big stretch of a run. Oh, yeah, it was always a dogfight. Um, regardless of how OSU was, always a dogfight. It felt, or sometimes it was a blowout. But, like, especially in, in Stillwater, it was always a dogfight. Um, 1982 does bring up, after the back-to-back, people forget, Les Miles ended his pregame <laughs> the whole week before, after being us two, two years straight. Les Miles goes in, playing number one OU, and says, two teams are entering. One's the best in the country, and the other is just a good football team. We're going to figure out which one's which. And then right before <laughs> right before kickoff, Lee, I, it's probably Lisa Salters or someone's interviewing him, and he goes, I ain't got no words to say le- left. Let her rip. Do you know what He's the score of that? Do you know what the, what the score of that game was? No. Well, is this the 03 game? 2003, this is, this is 2003. nine to fifty-two. What, what was that again? Fifty-two to nine. Fifty-two to nine. Yeah, <laughs> they let her in. <laughs> <laughs> Two years of frustration just completely piled out on Oklahoma State. Les. It was the best. It was the best. It made it. It made it a little worth it. Uh, Two thousand four tight. I, I remember that one. That was that was another narrow one. Took a crazy Adrian Peterson performance and a missed field goal to get out of that one. Oh five, another great Adrian Peterson was great in the series. Honestly, oh yeah, every mm-hmm. every time, every time he, he went out and uh, just destroyed them. Um, but yeah, no, I I mean I I I think a close games even in the like from the Gundy era to the Miles era, um, always good, always exciting. Uh, I will say, Ty, you uh, yeah. You grew up in OU fan, yeah. What what are your some of your thoughts on some of those games? So I was gonna say, yeah, I I don't really, I don't think remember too too many of those. I think like I, I think I've said before, 07 really was the first time that I started really paying attention to to OU football. So for me, you know, we had just a, a lot of dominance. Obviously, 08 was a, a fairly high scoring game, sixty one to forty one, but that's still a twenty point margin of victory. Uh, I remember being super super excited in 09, because just anytime you get a shutout, that's exciting, especially as an OU fan. And then especially against a a rival like that is, is super, super fun. But then, you know, 2010 rolls around and you kick off, you know, 2011, I guess, maybe a, a bit of an outlier, but that, that 2010 to, to 2014, or really, I guess you could say 2012 to 2014, just that series is, I think one of the best series in in college football if you were to just watch those games you know we'll say 12 to 14 so watch those three in a row that 12 13 14 and just watch that as a three game series it's it's just tremendous and and we've already talked about you know one of those games in there and then just to jog everyone's memory you know because we touched on it 2012 51 to 48 with OU winning in Norman in overtime and then uh, 2014, obviously, unfortunately, Oklahoma State also winning uh, in overtime, um, also in Norman again with the uh, the infamous uh, punting situation that that occurred. So, yeah, no that that 2012 game was awesome. Uh, one of the rare overtime games, incredible, incredible stuff. Uh, I do want to touch on 08, uh, the Sam Bradford game. Um, yeah, this was interesting. Des Bryant too. Yeah, that was a stacked game. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of back and forth, and it featured um, 
the famous play where Sam Bradford gets flipped over, mm-hmm. goes fully vertical. Weirdest thing about that is both OU and Oklahoma State somehow find it to be a cool moment. OU, it makes sense because it was a 15-yard gain. It was our guy really going all the way out and, like, trying to get a touchdown. But OSU, I, I went to a game the year after, and they put it on their, like, their pregame hype. Like, this, like, oh, we sure hit that Bradford kid pretty dang good. I'm like, he almost scored a touchdown. This was his Heisman moment. I'm, I might be on OSU's side on this one. I feel like it's been one of the most overrated plays in o- recent OU history, and I think Ty agrees with me. No, I do. I, I remember at the moment, like in the time, being upset that we were showing that as a highlight because I was like, he they stopped his his touchdown. Like this is a, an OSU highlight. And I remember, of course, I can't recall now, but I remember thinking like, why aren't they using like four or five different Sam Bradford highlights to show for his, <coughs> sorry, for his Heisman moment because uh, this is just not a, a good one. It makes me think of, what's that clip of... Um, uh, Mississippi State, Will Rogers, airport quarterback, getting flipped around by by <laughs> Kansas State. It, it, like it makes me think of the same thing when you're when you're a star throwing quarterback is flying through the air, getting smacked over and over by the other team. Uh, that's not that's not great. Exactly. What? Yeah. Why would we celebrate? Obviously, he came up and he was fine. But why would we ce- celebrate? It was a kind of hit where people get hurt whenever you fly up in the air and essentially do a cartwheel. The guy could yeah. land on his wrist. He could, I mean, and he, did. he didn't get a touchdown and legitimately could have like impacted the future. I'm glad I did. And really all it is, OU fans celebrate it just because it's a cool picture. That's really what it is. You'll see so many people print out that picture. I understand first down. I understand all of that. But like, I mean, and just, I'm not, I never thought it was the coolest thing ever. Um, whenever I saw that play. So I'm not Speaking saying of... I'm not saying it's the coolest picture ever. I'm not saying it should have been like his Heisman statue. I thought that was too far. I fully agree with that. I think it was mm-hmm. too far, but it was absolutely a cool moment. He it showed that this guy has the dedication, has the competitive nature to go all out for a touchdown. Risky, yeah. A little mm-hmm. uh dangerous, yeah. It kind of messed with his uh, hand actually. Um mm-hmm. but it's it's so cool. It it it, it is too cool of a moment. I think it's definitely definitely falls on the OU side, um, but I, I, I see your points. But that's my take on it. Ty, what were you going to say? I'm so. Yeah, sorry. I was going to do a quick aside. If we're just already on the topic of cool Oklahoma State highlights, the tipped interception from out of bounds, obviously, has to, we got to give that recognition. And in hindsight, maybe doesn't sting as bad. But that was just a cool, like all time cool college football play. Um, so. <laughs> Shout out to that. I forget what year that was. Is that 2014? I think that was like 2010. 2010. It was, a, it was definitely a night game. Yeah, it was, it, it was, it was not. It wasn't in. Yeah, it wasn't. Oh, no, it wasn't in, in Norman. Yeah, it 1982 as right. back. It's, it's 2010. I feel uh, like uh, there must have been some kind of interception in 2014 I'm thinking about. Um, they, that was <laughs> OSU almost had an interception and they called it dead um, on uh, Blake Bell's final drive. That's what it was. Oh, well, that's that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, they they that's one of the things that they get mad about for that game. <laughs> but yeah, 2010, 2010, very great game with Landry. One of Landry's best. Uh, him and James Hanna go back going back and forth. And then 2011, because of realignment, 
two bedlams back to back in Stillwater. That was the stupidest thing. Absolute it's stupidest. That, you can you can avoid that. That that was. I remember how angry and I mean, like we said earlier, you know, you get double Stillwater. We are a little bit older. Yeah, I feel like that would have been totally pumped. Like during college, like oh yeah, you go to Stillwater two years in a row. Let's do it. But at the time, I was like, no. Why would we? Why would we like? It was just so stupid. It could have been avoided, especially for a rivalry game. Like, come on, Big 12. It was garbage. Um, but, yeah. And we ran into a buzzsaw. Oklahoma State, fresh off losing to Iowa State, losing their national title run, completely takes it out of the Sooners, wins a Big 12 championship. Mm-hmm. Obliteration. Uh, not a good night to be a to be an OU fan. And what, what are the probably one of the best nights in Oklahoma State history, uh, winning the Big 12 t- title on their home mm-hmm. turf, yada, yada, yada. Brandon Whedon just absolutely rocked our world. He, he was peak OSU. It was their best team ever by far. Um, OU at that point was kind of decimated. You know, Ryan Broyles was out for the season. Wouldn't have made a difference. Wouldn't have made a difference if it was in Norman, to be frank, but. Um, at least mm-hmm. we could have, at least they couldn't have run rushed the field, I guess. Yeah. Justin Blackman and Brandon Whedon, people don't talk about him. like, that was just like, it's such a dynamic duo. Like, honestly, it's such a shame for what happened in Justin Blackman and his career in the NFL. But in college, he was an absolute dog. That dude was near unstoppable. And in that game, he didn't have like the numbers to show up, but like you'd, you'd see it all the time back then, like him and Brandon Whedon. It's weird saying it now in today's, you know, hindsight, but man, that was a powerful, powerful college football duo. I mean, absolutely. Just dynamic as hell. Um, while we're kind of talking on this, we've, we talked about 12 a bit, talked about 13. Let's talk about our first freshman, our freshman year, Bedlam. Yeah. And here's my take. Well, y'all think it's kind of oh. similar. If we're talking about overrated things, the pain from the, from the, uh, Tyreek Hill kick six. Not that bad. Not that bad at all. OE was dead in the water. We had Cody Thompson running the show. It was a horrible, horrible team. OSU wasn't good either, but at that point, my soul was gone. I was I was a dead man. I I, I had been beaten and bludgeoned emotionally by that <laughs> OU team, and it was just the little little poop icing on the poop cake. It was just bad, man. So how 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 is that overrated? We were winning. We were up with a touchdown with forty five seconds left in the game, and Tyreek Hill returned it. 92 yards after you know Bob Stoops decided to kick it again. How is that overrated? Because it a didn't touchdown, matter. a still like in a rivalry game. I feel like that is like a big big deal. Like any kind of last second score under a minute, you kind of say like, oh yeah, you know we On were dead in the water. Too. Yes, we were dead in the water. We were up. I understand that that second half was miserable. Like we only scored once the whole second half, but like. That was a. I felt like that was a dagger, and that's something I still remember. And I know Ty has his thoughts on that too. Yeah, I I had a great time at the game. I left, and I didn't. <laughs> I, left, see it, I so left too, and I never. I, I left. We were winning, and then uh, the next morning, I found out we lost. But I I had a good time. So, and so like, I mean, I can't. I don't know. It's I watched the dance game from Fuzzies. I was sitting there and I left with the group and um, I didn't want to leave, but uh, the everyone in the group did. And whenever you're a freshman in college, you want to be social and you want to be a part of the pack. 
So I said, you know what, screw it. And I watched the game from Fuzzies, and I was pissed. I was speechless, and I didn't want to talk to anybody. I was so angry. Yeah, it was... I remember hearing about the fuzzies thing. That's funny. <laughs> that brings me, I, I stayed the whole way and it was um, a sad, sad, cold, wet walk to the dorms, man. <laughs> that was, that was bad. That was a bad time. No, I think, yeah, we went to the cots after, but yeah. We definitely <laughs> went to the cots and had a good time. Like we, we made up for it because there was, there was definitely some merrymaking afterwards. It was, Oh wait, no! I remember this night. Yeah, that was There's a good night. That was a really good. That was when that people were really jumping off the roof that night. Yeah, and, it, like, it, that's why. And that's why I remember that night. That like, was not me. I was he, not said, he said it's not that bad because you had a good yeah. time after. Because I had a great Bobby. time. That was a really good night afterwards. Yeah, wait. That's why I don't hate that game that much. We'll we'll cut it off there. Here's here's. I want to say this about Tyree Kill though in Oklahoma State. Tyreek Hill, one of the oh, most electric top, top three. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, okay, I'm going to talk football here. I'm going to talk football. <laughs> talking football. Talking strictly football. Just talking football. He is top three, you know, NFL wide receiver, in my opinion, right now. And he is one of the most special guys in all of, you know, sports, in my opinion. But the thing is, like, I don't have too much, if at all, memories of Tyreek Hill, you know, being a problem for us. Obviously, he had his place, but, like, I don't think like I quiver at the thought, you know, of, you know, the same kind of conversation that we had with, uh, you know, Justin Blackman when we were talking earlier. Eric Hill, all I know is that uh, that punt return touchdown for us. Other than that, really don't have any core memories of him versus OU. He's very, he's very similar. I, I agree. And it's very similar. And this is a funny comparison because the Chiefs, but I think of Mahomes the same way. Like he was just not obviously we had that super super shootout games with him but i don't ever remember mm. there being a whole lot of at least within ou fandom people being really that scared of of patrick mahomes or thinking you know not trying to diminish him but i, I don't remember anyone ever really thinking that he was a a big significant threat um at all obviously the tech squad as a whole but i think there was more chatter around kingsbury than there was mm -hmm. every time we faced him Hey, yeah. Bobby, let me hop in real quick here. And let's play a little bit of game of The Price is Right, where y'all are up. Y'all, I see Bobby and Ty are up here. They just got um, to the, the podiums of The Price is Right. So I'm giving you this wonderful, wonderful uh, exhibit, and it is Tyreek Hill's reception yards in the 2014 Bedlam game. And I need first bid. Bobby, what do you got? Reception yards? I'm yeah, going to go with that. Uh, I'm going to go with 30. Okay, 30. Ty, what do you got? 12. And Ty is our winner because Bobby went over. He had wow. a total of 22 receiving yards that game. Yeah, mm. of course. 22. Yeah, I guess 12. So, okay. is that, was off, that was off six catches, too. Oklahoma so, State okay. having Tyreek Hill not knowing how to use him. <laughs> so, I mean, like, yes, he was electric. Obviously, the punt return was a big deal. But it's like that game, it was all – that punt return it's not like he cooked us um like you know why the other oklahoma state wide receivers have done past do you have his stats pulled up or do you have the whole team stats pulled up let's pull up his season stats i'm gonna pull them up Kyrie no, Kill. because he was a here's, here's the thing I think, right? here's, here's the thing sometimes in college it's better to be the number two receiver because they cover <laughs> the number one receiver 
No, I will no, make slot, this when you're a slot guy, that's different. Number two receiver thing work in any scenario, it, it's a justifiable take. Blake oh, Blake man. mentioned that same take in Bye Bye TCU, actually. That did he num- well because I've been two, saying yeah. it for years now. For years I've been he, saying he, that. He it's... listed the villain of OU TCU on the TCU side being TCU's second string wide receiver, second um, second option wide receiver, because every Deuce year Vaughn. they just destroyed us. Too small. <laughs> That's well, so funny. All right, I've I've got a question for y'all again about Tyreek Hill and his stats. How many touchdowns do you think he had um, through the air catching um, throughout that season of 2014? Five. Ty. Seven. <laughs> Both of y'all went over. He had one. Oh my god. How does that happen? That's crazy. Because they – were they still Chelf at that point? I think that was Chelf's last year. You know what the, the difference is? Is, um, is in college, um, it's it's not scripted like in the NFL. So oh you can <laughs> – next we're going to look at John Cena's fighting stats and figure I'm, out why he's so much better at WWE than he was. And I'm pretty college. sure Mason Rudolph was your quarterback in 2014. Jeez, wow. That's woof, Gundy. Because that was a pretty bad year for OSU too. Like they were not, they were not great. Um, I remember them being that that being a pretty poor Oklahoma State team. Uh, <coughs> wow, jeez. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move on to the good times. We haven't mm-hmm. talked about so 2015, the last kind of bit of that championship November run. Great mm-hmm. time, great time. Uh, Baker comes back, absolutely smashes Oklahoma State in Stillwater. It's a proxy Big Twelve championship. It was over from the get-go. You had that awesome Joe Mixon touchdown. You had, yep. oh, it was just such a great game. Absolute blowout, top to back. Um, wonderful, wonderful times in Stillwater right there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was 16. You know, that's a Big 12 championship again. Last one before they go to, uh, you know, championship games. The P. Ryan knee. Everyone knows that. Always a good time. 17, we talked about that quite a bit. 18, the Kyler Murray year. That year sucked. That was the corn dog oh. season. <laughs> a man, Jameson, you and I in our first podcasting season, a man we mercilessly mocked goes in and just tears us up. We hang on for dear life against a very bad <laughs> OSU team in Norman. Not good. Oh, that 18 team was so freaking frustrating because you, you have moments like army, you have moments like OSU, you have moments like Kansas, but like there was bits of magic in there. It was, the worst <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll give it to corn dog obviously uh it turns out to be uh it looks really well when you have tylen wallace as your wide receiver um but man that that was a game full of hurt and that failed two-point conversion with about a minute left after their touchdown was the biggest sigh of relief like because this game was just back and forth back and forth we couldn't really get away from it and it was like you know Whoever, I hate it when announcers say that. Looks like one of those games, whoever has the ball last is probably going to win the game. But legitimately, that's what it was. That's, that's how exactly most games end. Like, that's how close <laughs> games end. Duh. Um, and, oh, man. That feel, any like, we've had a couple games like that in OU history recently, but stopping a two point conversion, you know, for the win is such, like, it's, yes, there's celebration, but it's more just like, a, like, a, oh, and you just relax back into your seat. That's the best. And then, Ty, let's talk about 19. Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. goes in. Uh, this is a very pedestrian, just workman-like OU win. Uh, Oklahoma State, I think we're they're kind of all right, but OU goes in, just 
in in another kind of frustrating, weird back and forth year, goes in just beats them soundly. It was uh, that was an excellent one. Yeah, that was a uh, like you said, sort of work, but like it it was just a fundamental win. It wasn't, you know, you don't. It wasn't a flashy or or um, you know, there wasn't even any sort of plucky sooner luck or or anything like that. It was just sort of. I mean, it felt very. And I've I've done my bits before, but I, I do kind of think about the NFL this way. But it felt very just like NFL game like to me. Like it was just super sound fundamentally, which is obviously you know fun and, and enjoyable. I guess if you want to see sort of not necessarily perfect football, but it, it just didn't it didn't feel like flashy, exciting. It didn't feel like anything could happen like you get in college games sometimes. I mean, it was a great game. It was, it was super super fun atmosphere. But yeah, if you're if you're talking about you know, exciting games, games that are worth like going and, and rewatching. Um, I could never see myself sitting down and, and mm-hmm. rewatching even highlights from this one, let alone the full game. Very forgettable. Yeah. yeah. 1982 brings it up. I forget. Hertz caught a touchdown, a Philly special, weirdly enough. So kind of funny, you know, how, how that ended up. Um, great game there. Uh, 2020, the COVID year, Oklahoma State and OU both highly ranked. This is a college game day game, a rare one mm-hmm. in Norman. Last time we had it, actually, um, but not really. I don't know. Doesn't count because it was COVID. Uh, OU goes in, just pounds, pounds Oklahoma State. It was that was a great one, great one for sure. Yeah, I remember absolutely toasting Spencer Sanders after that, like saying like, "Oh, Spencer Sanders." Everyone thinks he's he didn't even throw for over a hundred passing yards that game. This the the famous Spencer Sanders moon ball. If you all don't know what that is, essentially, I feel like Spencer Sanders passing game all is just throwing it as high as he can up into the air and hoping for a pass That was a bad. Jamison briefly went underwater there, but yeah, the, the Sanders, oh, the Sanders okay. moon ball, definitely a thing. Mm-hmm. Definitely a thing. Um, that, that was probably one of Radler's best games. I will say I it was, he needed that game too. I feel like that was a good game for him. Yeah. And the OU defense is pretty, that was just a pretty good, that was a good OU game all around. That felt good. I, I, I vividly <laughs> remember like that was just like a thank goodness moment that we had a performance like that. Yeah. Ty, do you, what, what do you remember that one? of 2020 yeah yeah kind of just i if i think about it now i just think um rattler which i you know i would like to say you know how people like have something and it's not as nice as things they've had before and they're not grateful for it uh what i'm trying to say is rattler is indescribably better than who we currently have at quarterback oh, and I wish no. we still had him, uh because yeah, we. I think we would have at least had a winning record last year if we had him. This is not a bit. Um, he's not good, but he's anything. Okay. Anything is better than than what a Blake Bell full time least could run the ball. So. Oh God. Okay. No. 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 That's where we skip. Blake Bell is not good. Can okay. I, can you I will not. Him? You will not slander Blake Bell on a. I love the Bell Moser, but he's not. He Dylan Gabriel is a yes, better this quarterback. Is a bedlam, this is a bedlam focused podcast, and Blake Bell. If you only ever look at bedlam, you're like, oh, this guy probably won a Heisman at a. Blake- We'll get to Blake Bell in a bit. We'll talk to him about him quite a bit. Just wrapping through this uh, 2021. Can, can I do Can I do one thing ahead. real quick, Bobby? Because I just saw something really funny as I was kind of like searching and doing some more research on that 2020 game. Uh, I typed in 2020 Bedlam. You know how you get on Google and it's like people who ask and it gives you like these like selected little quick things that you can click and find your answers that way. It'll be like other questions along that subject line. 
So the first one's like, who won Bedlam football in 2020? So you can obviously see that. The next one is, why was Bedlam canceled? And I said, oh, my goodness. What does Google have to say about this? You click on the, why was Bedlam canceled? And it says, Oklahoma State was the program that decided to pull the plug on the series. It playing Oklahoma presents logistical issues under our current scheduling structure, um, said Oklahoma State AD. Yeah. Wow, Google said it. Google said it. All right, Gundy, you got to respond. I'm pretty sure Google's pretty darn smart. I Googled it, Gundy. You lost. You (laughs) lost to Google. Everything on the Google machine is true. Um, but it is, let's move on. 2021 last loss to Oklahoma state. Uh, this is the infamous infamous game. OU starts out hot. Uh, everything goes great in a time where everything was going wrong for Oklahoma. We didn't know yet, but, um, Caleb Williams just couldn't get it done. I thought we were going to win. I thought we were going to win that damn game at the end. I really genuinely did. What, what, what about you, Ty? The 2021 game. Yeah, in Stillwater. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember. That's fair. Jameson, I, remember, I-, I remember someone, it, it may not have been within our group text. I remember someone at one point, it's absolutely hilarious in hindsight. I remember someone at some point saying, at least we know that we're not losing our coach to LSU after that game. That feels like a just, me thing amazing i feel like if i if i remember that it was you i would definitely say that or if there was even a, a I, I don't remember who said it but someone it wasn't me i'm not trying to say like oh i don't recall who said this but yeah it's that was a that was a time i think it was a winnable game by by us uh but i i don't know i could tell that the vibe was off the whole time like it was uh it was not there you could tell that something uh, pretty major was was off just with everything uh, when it came to you. Yeah, I mean, I feel like people, whenever we talk about this game, um, it's always like, oh, we were down big and we had to scrap our way. It, I feel like people kind of mix their thoughts of what this game was with the Texas game and the Caleb Williams thing because there's these kind of similar things. But that third quarter, we came out of halftime, tie game, and got that safety um, early in the third quarter. And I remember then I was like, oh, no. Oh goodness like we can squeeze this out you know we play a sloppy first half but that safety anytime something like a safety happens or like any kind of block like special teams or kind of turnover like similar instances like that that is huge for momentum very very big and um ended up you know winning the quarter nine to zero on that but that fourth quarter we didn't score we didn't score a single time that fourth quarter it was an anemic time and you know jalen warren and spencer sanders ran over us and the one thing, Bobby, that obviously <coughs> I will always remember from this game is Caleb Williams' run on that final drive where he did his famous plant your right foot on the sideline, cut to the middle of the field. We both looked at each other during that and said, oh, my God, he's going to take this all the way because we had seen that play over and over where he takes it all the way. One more defender, that could have been the story. We could have been talking about a completely different reality with us. It is so intriguing because I think he, if he housed it, you play OSU in the Big 12 championship the next week, and one of the things happens. Either Lincoln Riley leaves anyways, and he leaves a team that is a win away from a potential playoff spot, and that would be just 
insane. So he probably no can't way. do that. So he no would way. stay just a little longer and then leave to USC probably. But like if o if OU somehow beat Oklahoma State there and made the playoff, what happens? Mm, I, I don't know. And the thing is like everyone like there's all this kind of like uh narrative that you know he already had his foot out the door and obviously people play conspiracy with that can we truly know that you know he said she said kind of thing but you know if caleb williams scores that touchdown you're not telling me that they're not going to go out and try in the big 12 championship and win himself a ring i don't care if lincoln riley thinks he's already leaving for your legacy you go out and you play big and big time um championship games no 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 absolutely i think it would be very intriguing to see uh to say the least um but you know, we got reality, and I, I kind of think we're better off long-term uh, doing a full reset because things things weren't going to work out under Lincoln. I don't know if things are going to work out under Brent, but they definitely weren't working under Lincoln, so it's time to reset. So I, I think it ended up working fine. Very long drive home, very tough stuff. Uh, long drive home for Lincoln and Caleb Williams, maybe. Who knows? You know, just, you know, <laughs> rumors here. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, brutal brutal time that next morning waking up from a nap and then having to go right into a podcast about how lincoln left and i gotta say and i'm just being this is this just being selfish that might have been one of the best things for our podcast ever is is the reaction from lincoln riley the numbers the numbers were killer we that that's that's what's that's what sprung this channel up a bit i'm, I'm sad it happened it sucked but also the the one silver lining for us greedily was it it was great for the numbies i remember i let you all do it and i was studying for a test during it mm -hmm. me, yeah me and ty on the five thousand person stream great times that was a good good time good time um enough about us and our numbies let's move on to 2022 the 28 nothing run last year incredible stuff yeah. nothing else to say we scored four, four, four straight touchdowns, didn't do anything else the rest of the way. Uh, genuinely hilarious that we lost uh, four out of five. And the one game we won was to a ranked Oklahoma State team. <laughs> you hate to see it. You hate to see it, folks. You hate to see it. Did That's Spencer I mean. Sanders legitimately look like he was in like quicksand and mud that whole he was game? so bad. Spencer Sanders. I mean, that's. I was just going to say, that's the stereotypical Bedlam story. For it, It's only pain for Oklahoma State. Like, they have those little wins, but it's almost like Wiley Coyote-esque where it, it does not matter what the odds are, Oklahoma State's just going to lose. It, it's like it's it's like a cheesy movie or something. You almost always know. Like, Oklahoma State can come in super highly ranked. We're just abysmal. We're getting stomped on by everyone in the big 12 and then Oklahoma state's like, all right, like at least we we have this, at least we can, <laughs> we can have this. And then it just still doesn't work out. Like it's working for everyone else. And then it just, they cannot figure it out. It's just, I mean, that's ultimately, that's the story of Bedlam. Yeah. It's like, they're seeing everybody run through the tunnel. <laughs> and they try to run through and it's actually just a rock. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's painted it's on, it's painted on a rock. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Another great example of that, that, that shot out, they were ranked uh, like 12th going for a big 12, like not a big 12 championship because Texas was great, but they're going for a BCS uh, bid and uh, got shut out, which is just hilarious. So another case of that. 
Well, we've run down all the way through to the end. And uh, look, we got we got one more left. This is not the end of Bedlam. It's going to be in Stillwater, not on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. weekend. But I'm certainly excited to see how it plays out. One last trip to Bedlam will be great. Got to ask, guys, biggest uh, who who would you say would be the biggest hero in OU in Bedlam history on the OU side? I feel like it's such a first? lame answer. Yeah, okay, you go, go first. Mike Gundy. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the stats. Yes. Look at the stats. You can't tell me Mike Gundy isn't an OU sleeper yes. agent. There's yes. no way. Just statistically, it's impossible for him to have lost that much as a player and a coach. He's he got to be a plant. He just it's really an inside job. I've he heard really his brother Carol. was associated with the OU program. Why is no one investigating the Gundy family? Uh, I need to see their laptops. Where's Mike Gundy's laptop? Is all I'm saying. <laughs> Where's that? Nobody's nobody's answering. Nobody, the OSBI, unable to present us with the contents of Mike Gunny's laptop. I just think it's kind of. I don't. I don't want to know what's in that laptop. I'm going to be straight up honest. G- Gundy's Gundy's looking at laptops and tablets usually doesn't turn out very well though. So let, oh goodness, I didn't go to, uh, to that joke. We know what's on one of them. We we know it's on Drake Stoops, unfortunately. But anyways, <laughs> I love uh, that people took that. Just very obviously joking <laughs> reply and reported it as real. It was Drake so Stoops' laptop. <laughs> so bad. Anyways. <laughs> Jameson, best hero in Bedlam history. And um I I would say probably Blake Bell would probably be my answer there. I you know. Uh, it's easy to go Baker Mayfield, but, obviously. Bobby, you're not going to cut him off and talk about how Blake Bell is trash? Sorry. It's 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 really just dependent of the one play. You know, the pass, Jalen in the corner of the end zone and coming through after being going through two different quarterbacks. That Like, Baker Mayfield, he was playing well for the whole season. He came in and did what he was supposed to do. Blake Bell came in. That's what heroes do. They come in whenever you least expect it. Blake Bell also came in in that overtime game. He scored the touchdown like sure. as regulation was running out, got it in. So that was good stuff. Yeah, he has a couple. Yeah, he, Blake Bell. Blake Bell's up there. Baker Mayfield goes undefeated. Love that out of him. Uh, Adrian Peterson also just absolutely killer. Um, he went undefeated in Bedlam's as well, three and zero or two and zero. He didn't play in 06 because uh, he was hurt. Um, but still, yeah. Uh, Sam Bradford also up there. There are too many heroes. Too many heroes. Kyler was good, kinda. He had one. He had his one year. Too many heroes to count. It's all all good stuff. Um, villains. I'm just gonna say it's 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 the Woods family. Rashawn Woods, <laughs> yes. Donovan Woods, all the they the Woods family <laughs> is the Oklahoma State version of the uh, of the Lockets, but they only exist to torture OU. Jelani Wood still is is he part of that family too? I'm I assuming. Have no idea. What? How do you it's not just, become a just, part of a family anymore? <laughs> yes, I'm. I'm just uh, obviously. I'm just assuming. Just because, but. <laughs> I, I see mean, what you mean. Is he a, is he a related to the Woods? I don't know. But the Woods family just absolute thorns at OU side for sure. Unlike the Gundy family, who have only been beneficial to you. Um, I thought that's the answer. I think. Uh, mm. I don't tie any dip, Brandon Whedon. Whedon. Brandon Whedon. Don't make fun of the elderly. <laughs> <laughs> Whedon still only won one time. Brandon no, Whedon. But that, that's all it takes. It, that game was just too much. 
Yeah. And again, OSU can... hero 12 years ago, currently 58 years old. Yeah. Bob we didn't got a leak then. Bob Stoops is a villain, but not really. How is I mean, Bob did... Stoops a villain? Am I missing a... He but he won too many games to be a villain. He he made he he tripped up. Les Miles, Les Miles, he's a villain. Oh yeah, Let Le, Les Miles has got to be the ultimate. I will I will yeah. say we've been saying this for many years. Uh, people have only caught on to hating Les Miles. We've been there. Uh, we knew something was up. Les Miles is like that. Was just like roll the tapes back, except for that time for six months that I didn't know that he had been fired. You guys thought I was doing a bit, and I legitimately thought that he was still a coach at Incredible Kansas. Stuff. That was a that was a good one. Incredible. I'm, I'm looking into Brandon Whedon's LinkedIn right now, and this dude is a like a territory manager for a medical equipment sales company. That dude has got a lot of money from that. I guarantee he's rolling absolutely in it. His life's pretty good right now. People can talk about his NFL career. So uh, he got the NFL um, first round money. He's he's making more um, than he would have done at the as a backup quarterback in the NFL now. Good for Brandon Whedon. Wow, nice move. Um, what else is there? I, we we already talked about all the games. No need to talk about best worst. So let's. Will you sure. will you miss them? Oh, here's here before we jump into that because I think that's a good closing point. I do have something that's in the same vein. So this is there's not an, there might be an answer to this. I don't know the answer to this. Is there another school that has an in-state Power Five rival that they just straight up don't play? Because I can't. Well, that's that's at the same sort of. I'm not saying Oklahoma State's at the same tier, but like you would say, like, oh, LSU and like La Tech or something like but, ULM. Yeah, that doesn't count. No, yeah. That doesn't count. Those aren't like rivalries. I cannot think of another, let's say, two nationally Texas relevant power Yeah, that's schools. what I was thinking of. But they but will be, well, yeah, so that's kind of mm-hmm. asterisks. Yeah, because that was just a temporary lapse. But so now, um, like, Texas, Texas Tech. Do you get Texas what I'm asking, Baylor. though? Is like, like, like another nationally relevant power five in state legitimate rival that they just don't play? Miami and Florida. Hmm. Yeah. That's not a regular series. But that has never been a regular. Yeah. Yeah. It I think it was even like banned by the government for a while because the game got too intense. That might just (laughs) be total that sounds so wildly Florida taking away our obviously not true. That sounds like I need to Google that. Florida Miami like a, I swear to God, like I read this level misinformation that Bobby's falling for here. <laughs> Florida Miami banned they football can't take series. Our freedom. Why? Why they're trying to take our football game? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, Bobby. <laughs> I swear to God, I read this. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't. I don't doubt that you read that. It's it. You believing it is. <laughs> yeah, I almost said I'm, I almost said I'm reading it on Wikipedia to verify, but also, saying, but the, also uh, Wikipedia is a bad place to do it because Ty regularly <laughs> spreads mis would would I well, had I have never banned. once spread misinformation <laughs> on Wikipedia. Never. I am a lifetime banned because those darn Missouri fans, and then also maybe the <laughs> Texas State thing <laughs> because of their mascots connection to Boko Haram. Hey, hey, I didn't say Wikipedia said that, not me. Jesus. So okay, all right. Let's 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 wrap this up with a nice little bow, talking about obviously all three of us are going to miss Oklahoma State, and I know Bobby's going to have a very heartfelt message. And really, the moral of the story is it sucks that we're going to have to go out on this negative note. I understand it's a rivalry. I understand we have animosity between the two of us, 
But I just hate that it has to end this year. You know, us moving to the SEC and we have this sour note between us. And I understand, you know, things that really mean a lot to you and things that have like a lot to it. The endings aren't usually a clean break. They're going to be sloppy. You know, these long-time relationships, uh, you break up your long-time relationship, it's usually not going to be a good breakup. It's always going to be a little bit sloppy. And it's just such a bummer that, you know, we have to talk about this Mike Gundy at Big 12 Media Day, and there's drama, and it's, you know, we're going to go to Oklahoma State, you know, for Bedlam this year. If we end up losing, we're going to hear SEC chance. I just wanted, you know, to have, like, one day where we can remember, like, the positives. Like, it was a super fun time playing your in-state rival, and it's something that I really hope that one day down the line, it's not going to be recent. Um, some way we can mend those chances and have at least a couple of games in this series. You know, where we could at least play them. Ty, I'll let you go. Yeah, I I don't want to – I can't say anything on the future. You know, realistically, <clears throat> I don't think Oklahoma State's ever going to go to the SEC. I think they deserve to be in the SEC more than, like, Bum, Missouri, for example, <laughs> or Arkansas, um, this which is just laundered. It's just a Kansas school that, that they've thrown some red on. But um, – yeah, no, I, I, I think college football is changing so rapidly currently in, in the conferences, the conference alignments, the schedules. I don't think it's it's unrealistic to say even three years down the road, just the way that the entire NCAA schedules their seasons could be drastically different from the way it is now. And there could be a possibility of, of that becoming a – a regular thing, regardless of the conference that I, I don't think three years from now, they're going to be outside of the big 12 and we're not going to be outside of the sec. But I, I think that there's a possibility that, that in a few years we will be hearing about at least a scheduling of a fairly regular thing uh, between the schools, especially with the way that the sec is looking at out of conference opponents. Um, and I think it benefits Oklahoma state to, to play Oklahoma in the future as well, because it's almost a house money situation. It's one of those low expectations uh, situations. If you ask me, like if they, if they cash out from the table now, basically and refuse to play us ever again, they're, they're cashing out at a loss. And I'm not saying, Oh, they should keep playing us. Like they'll, you know, <laughs> all gamblers quit right before they win <laughs> big, but it you're expected to lose, you know, and I'm not trying to make a joke, but like if you're just expected to lose, then if it's an out-of-conference opponent or something like that, anytime you win, it's just 10 times better. So I I think, I don't know. Um, I don't necessarily think of Oklahoma State as fondly as a rival as, as maybe you guys. We've had these discussions before. Like it, I think a lot of it is formed with just like, you know, kids talking crap to each other uh, growing up. I personally, you know, kind of alluded to this before, but like, I think OSU playing like LSU, you know, I had more growing up in, in a lot of SEC states and stuff. I had a lot of more just like justifying like the 2013 uh, OU versus Bama Sugar Bowl was, was just absolutely tremendous for for me as an OU fan out there in, in Mississippi. But yeah, I, I just don't think of Oklahoma State the same way. I have this super, super fond memories of going to Stillwater, but they've never been necessarily a rival in my mind. And I know I've played that up for for the bits and i think i i recognize that it's a much more significant loss historically and and sort of to the traditions of college football than 
not being able to play K-State or Kansas or whoever else anymore. But I just don't – I don't feel it, I guess, to the same extent that maybe others do, definitely that Oklahoma State fans do. But I think at the end of the day, Oklahoma State's playing this whole we don't have room on our schedule or whatever thing. And they were the ones that were really bitter about this loss. So, you know, they can put their foot down and say, you know, I didn't get broken up with, I broke up with them, but we all know, you know, what happens. It's, it's, we broke up with them. We knew what we were doing and, and now they've decided to block our number basically, but we weren't calling them anyways. So right. it's, it's kind of that situation. But I think there's great potential in the future for us to play, not necessarily scheduling home and homes, because I think those are, you know, rarer. And, and I don't think it makes sense for Oklahoma uh, necessarily to go after a home and home with Oklahoma State um, when when those are so, such finite slots. But I, I think there's potential for something semi-regular to, to pop up because you never know. And you know, the committees are, are getting more and more subjective with postseason stuff, especially as the postseason expands. That's going to be such a, a juicy, juicy selling point, uh, potentially. You know, obviously, oh, we want to match up, you know, big brand to big brand. Let's have Oklahoma play, you know, USC or Ohio State or, or something like that. Notre Dame maybe in, in the offseason. But that is a juicy, juicy selling point that bowl committees and everyone else are going to look at five, 10 years in, in the future and say, oh, well, you know, if we can kind of justify this matchup, that would get a lot of TV draws. So. Yeah. And I'll say this, and this is my proper goodbye to Oklahoma State. Am I going to miss it? A bit. But I'm not going to miss it as much as every single, every any Oklahoma State person on here, any one of you out here, I'm not going to miss it nearly as much as you guys are. I know you're not gonna you're you're gonna you're you're not gonna miss taking the loss, but this rivalry is so much to you. It is the equivalent of taking away your homecoming. It's the equivalent of taking away Eskimo Joe's. It is the equivalent of taking away Original Hideaway and replacing it with a normal one. Orange. We're taking orange. From it's them. like taking orange. You, you or put a you put a Pizza Hut in spot of the Hideaway. It's like taking the America's brightest orange and toning it down. You know, it's taking a essential part of Oklahoma State away. It does not take an essential part of Oklahoma State away. <coughs> Flashback to the start of this podcast. We were talking about games in Stillwater, why they mean so much. It's because of you. It's because of how you feel about it. It's because of the traditions, the emotions, the hope, the feeling that this might be the time we finally get them constant chase you you want you want to be better than oklahoma that is everything to you you want to be better than ou you every advantage you have against on ou all the time you tout it because you want to be over ou all the time and when you lose that you're gonna have to look in your you're gonna have to look in the mirror figure out what oklahoma state is and one of two things is going to happen either you invent yourself become something special, become your own brand, as Mike Gundy said, and grow into Oklahoma State and build upon that. But you will always have that piece of bedlam missing. You can't replace that with UCF. You can't replace that with Cincy. You can't replace that with any of these teams who are available. And there's going to come a day when you realize that. you got to bring it back. Oklahoma will be here for you. We're, we're ready. That's fine. But we don't need it like 
Oklahoma State needs it. It's it's not going to feel like a missing limb like it's going to feel like in Oklahoma State. And it's it's sad that they have to deal with it, but it doesn't it doesn't make sense to hold us back. The, the Oklahoma made the absolute right move to move to the SEC. They improved themselves, they improved their positioning in the future. That is obvious. There's no way in hell we were going to like that Bedlam was going to stop that. Because at the end of the day, Bedlam just means more at Oklahoma State. It just does. And they can be mad now. I get it. It's frustrating. It makes you question your place in the world of college sports. After all the investment they've done, I, I understand it. It's I would be upset too that it puts it in in, in jeopardy. <coughs> but they're gonna they're gonna you're gonna come around and realize you need that as a part of your school. You need it more than you, than Oklahoma needs it. So that's that's my thoughts on it. Well um, said, Bobby. Yeah, and OSU should should do it. It should. It's I think it's good for the state just to have that rivalry, but. <coughs> more than anything it's it's good for oklahoma state it gives them something to strive for or maybe it's bad for oklahoma state and they need to be free but either way they're gonna they're gonna figure out one or the other yeah they they were in a relationship they probably need um but they want to be single for a bit to explore they, they, but they, they might come crawling back they need they, they need to they need to you know flirt with tulsa a bit the real rivalry <laughs> they have um and they'll play they'll play the other sports but also, like, yeah, it's it's just um, they need that. So, um, yeah, that's that's my take on it. I'll miss them a little bit, but I'm excited for the future. Uh, so, um, you know what? What? Women's rowing is remaining in the Big Twelve, where <laughs> Bama is also. I and Tennessee. Will point out. So uh, and Tennessee. So. The Big 12 lives on, I will say. Big 12 secret super conference in women's rowing. Oklahoma yeah, State, I, I don't know if they even – I don't know if they field a, a, a team in that. But um, if Oklahoma State does, then that's where, that's where we can settle the score. And uh, in my closing, I have a, a very quick closing statement uh, addressed specifically to Oklahoma State fans. Um, and I, I would just like to remind you, that regardless of what happens, the best damn pizza at Hideaway is named after an OU player. And you can't get it in Stillwater <laughs> because it's a different Hideaway. <laughs> I got to say, better restaurant, Hideaway or uh, Eskimo Jazz? In terms of like the actual food, both the Stillwater. <laughs> both Stillwater. I mean, there's more that goes into a restaurant than the, the food. The cheese fries. Mm -hmm. The cheese yes. fries are a better item, but like even the people at Oklahoma State don't eat them. You know, like yeah. that's like a thing that nobody goes to really. If you go mm. there, it's touristy. I you think they like. There. I I want to have my good meal at Eskimo Joe's. No, like they're gonna give you your. You know, obviously it's gonna be an okay meal, but it's not like it's wow. I will say this about OSU Jameson, and something I think you have a. You, I think you sh would appreciate you. You appreciate they love hot dogs. They have two. Mm -hmm. They have two really big hot dog stands. You know, on their on their thing, you got the. You got the uh, the dirt, the Curdy Shack, and then the Co Coney Island, you know, all in one mm -hmm. one line. You have <laughs> multiple dogs per going out. And I will say this: I'll give Oklahoma State this. There, the the strip is better than Campus Corner by far. That's a proper oh, call. Easy, mm. easy. We we know that game day environment mm. at OSU is so much better than game day environment at OU. Mm. I'll give them that. 
I'll give him that. So mm, I was a little harsh on him earlier, but I had, to, I had to give, I had to throw him a little treats. They have a great college town. Mm. Game day. Hmm. Bar atmosphere alone. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know, but I, right. I will disagree, but let, let's go ahead. We've gone on for a long time here. Yep. Well, they deserved it. So, all right. Well, that is the end of our series. Bye-bye big 12. Goodbye, Oklahoma State. Obviously, don't need to say bye to the new teams because screw them. And Texas is coming with us so they don't get a version of this. But it's been fun going back down memory lane at the conference. We have dominated for decades. And whoever steps up next, good luck to you. So, um, Jameson, what do we got coming up next, buddy? What do we, what, what, what do we got going? What do we, what do we, what time is it? What time is it? I'm doing my own research into Mike Gunny's laptop. I will figure <laughs> out whose side he's on <laughs> other um, than other than uncovering the contents of mike gundy's laptop yes. jameson what do we got let's, let's get it let's get into the conference previews here it's crazy to say um that we're <coughs> starting to line that up and we'll get our good old friend of the pod boat and blake in and he has such good insight of all of these kind of things we'll go through the conferences and then we'll slowly but surely get to ou and the big 12 and start to break down ou before we know it, it'll be August and September will be right around the corner. Yep. We're almost there. Football season is just right there. Week zero. It's coming. It's coming quick. So looking forward to diving into conferences with, with uh, y'all two and old boat and Blake here in a bit. And thank y'all so much for following us this whole series. This has been an absolute blast, a great way to rip through some of these dull months of the uh, off season. Um, <laughs> And just just a just a true blast. So, uh, Jameson, I know it's late for you. Ty, I know it's late. Well, not actually that it's late not for late. you. It's because uh, you're in Arizona. Seven fifty-one, but it's still uh, I think one hundred and twelve. All right. Outside. Quick <laughs> question. Quick question. Favorite bye bye Big Twelve episode each of y'all did go. Um, I don't know. It put me on the dang spot now. I don't know which one was my favorite. Could just say this. Uh, no. <laughs> um, I don't know. Don't put me on the spot. How dare you? Bad podcast host. Well, yeah, a little, <laughs> onside, a little okay, inside man. baseball. Uh, I, I know I did. I think Jameson did as well. We both moved, I, I think, within a couple of days of each other. And uh, we recorded some before the big moves that were maybe released uh, after. So I don't, I don't even remember which ones I did. So I'll say, I'll I like say, can I liked my Kansas episode too. Kansas was fun. I liked. What did you like? Sorry, I interrupted you, Ty. My favorite Sorry, Ty. bye bye Big Twelve memory was when we were allocating them out in the group text, and Jameson just assumed that I wanted to talk about Iowa State because I always do bits <laughs> on them, and then he discovered that I just legitimately don't like Iowa State and would rather just never talk about them again than even do bits about them. So. That's true. Uh, that's why I did not participate in the Iowa State one because I just literally don't like them. Um, yeah. yeah. I, so that's I my like, favorite memory is not having to talk about Iowa State anymore. There you go. K State was fun. K State's gotten a good response. So shout out to K State. They've been. They've they been really, have good fan. Really they always had good fan interaction with us. I knew I liked. It. I knew I liked them for a reason. So all right, this pod has gone on way too long. James and Ty, thank you so much for joining me uh, both tonight and throughout this uh week well eight week long period or some odd all right conference previews up next folks we're getting very close to football see you next time and boomer sooner everybody i like the new sign up